0: Sometimes in order to ask her husband to step up, we have to step out. Sometimes that means at night, I kind of say, hey, I'm going to go in my room and read. The mom department is closed. Go ask your dad.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome. We are so glad to be back for another episode of the Wife Like Me podcast, where we are always recording on YouTube. So you can always go over there and check us out. Hey to everyone watching. Um, we're so excited. We have Kelly Brinkman back. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Amanda. Um, you know her. You love her. You can check all of her beautiful artwork out, her speaking schedule. You can book her to speak at your church or your women's event mm-hmm. or community at kellybrinkman.com. We always link her in the show notes as well. so You can check her out and we're excited to be diving into this topic today. We are actually talking about how we can influence our children together as husband and wife. This is a kind of based on a blog post by Victoria Rialano. And it's amazing. Um and even just this title alone can make us feel perhaps a little itchy because Telly and I recognize that this might not be for everyone. You you might be listening and you're like, this is boring. We already do parent together and influence our children together. Or you might be feeling like, yeah, I wish. Like, that sounds real great. Would you please Mm -hmm. talk to my husband about that? So so we understand that there are, you know, wives out there all along the spectrum. And so this, hopefully we want to do two things in this episode, give you hope. Um, kind of give you freedom to like, okay, there' no wonder I'm so like tired and exhausted maybe. Um, but also like freedom to feel like, okay, this is it is biblical. Um, maybe I can voice and uh, communicate in a way I'm feeling. Um, but also if it's not if you're not in a place where you're in this situation where maybe your husband doesn't understand what we're talking about, doesn't care what we're talking about, um, isn't interested um that that there's grace for that as well and that we want to encourage you in that we are going to be talking about what really the bible says about co-parenting and and like having an influence together um but again if you're just at some point getting like really frustrated or discouraged it's okay to stop this episode and find a different one too. so
0: yeah, yeah there you go i think even as you describe that i can think of different pockets of time in our own marriage so it's not a kind of this is what it is and this is what it will always be. It kind of ebbs and flows a bit. Um, it can ebb and flow based on lots of different factors, you know, moving, um, different times of life, different things going on in, in your family life and in work. So it's totally natural if you could kind of identify with a couple of those two.
1: Yes, I love that you said that. Even seasons within yeah. marriage, even with my husband and I, there are seasons he farms. He cannot co-parent. Like yeah. spring through of fall like literally cannot physically like his job demands out of him the weather yeah. demands that and so I you know there's even just yes like th- this might describe some of our marriages for different times but then yeah. also when we feel off and, and we have the ability to come back and align that's beautiful too so yeah yeah good girl. I like
0: to you know it's a lot like having a mentor or I remember there was a lady in church when I first came to faith and I just watched her a lot to try to figure out what does a more stable Christian walk look like. And so maybe that today will be one of those things as Victoria talks and kind of share some of her insights. Maybe you'll pick up one or two and go, okay, I see what that looks like. If that wasn't ever modeled to you or you didn't get that message today, you will with Victoria.
1: Yes, that's that's so so good. I love that. And so her post again, we always link the posts we talk about too in the show notes, so you can check that out below. Um, but w- I love how she kind of opens this up at the beginning. Um, P.S. She's a mom of seven. Right. I mean, that's that that you deserve an award. Okay. I think like oh. if you've had more than three, three is amazing. But like, I just feel like there's a threshold of like, now you're like stepping into this zone of like, even more amazingness. (laughs) I I mean, to have birthed that many babies, I'm just sorry, get sidetracked. You're amazing. Um, But she said, as a mom of seven, and wife of 16 years, I quickly learned that I could not lead my little ones alone. At one point, I chose to take ownership of all things parenting, bedtimes, what the children ate, teaching them the Bible and more but she says it became clear that without my husband's help i would exhaust myself and diminish his ability to have a voice in raising them and i love that right. statement because they it's like you you can't have it both ways we can't own everything and allow our husbands to lead and influence at this. like we can't have it both ways
0: right right
1: i think we Some of it, have- i think
0: is is giving the space, you know, when we had twins, um, and our oldest, so we had three kids under the age of two. And at some point I realized you kind of start to figure out your groove a little bit because you're just immersed in the situation. And so you figure it out, even if you didn't necessarily feel like a natural parent to begin with at some point, you know, you hopefully get to that point. So then I also realized that I, adapted differently because I spent more time with them. And Mark was working full-time at his office. So one of the greatest favors I could do is to like actually leave. So I would leave and go to the grocery store for like an hour because then it allowed him to go, okay, I'm in charge of this, what does this look like? And make some of those decisions. Versus if I was nearby, I mean, he did this, but I do this, then I would ask for input or say, hey, could you help? And we were at a spot where we could help each other, but there's something different when you allow that one parent to come in and take that full responsibility or kind of run the show, you know, a bit. There are times when it's his parenting is not just one spouse. That's one of the things she said. So I try to intentionally back up. Like there are times when Mark wants to go on a bike ride with the kids And I let that happen. And I say, you guys have a lot of fun. Can I help you find your helmets? This and that. Because then I'm physically out of the picture and it may be for 45 minutes, but it's so important for them. And it's so important for him. And that's something that's ongoing as they continue to grow.
1: Rebecca Hastings just wrote a post on this topic of giving your husband space to connect with your kids. And, and that, that's such a good example. And I think though, a pushback, which again, like this, this statement that Victoria makes, it's, it's clear that without my husband's help, I'm going to ex- exhaust myself and diminish, also diminish his ability to like, I don't know, have a part in raising them. I think we often want it both ways. We want to have control and yet also see our husband step up. And we, we just like, this. it's such a powerful statement because we, again, can't have it both ways. But, and I also see in here a common pushback, which is what I had myself to, to all of this and the statement in particular is, if I, like, I don't want, like, I'm, it sounds great, Kelly, to leave or to like, I don't know, like physically leave for a, a time or whatever. But I don't, I literally feel like I can't do that. Because if I don't, then things are going to fall apart. And that's I hear that a lot. And I just want to encourage you. My husband talks about this frequently. If We actually have a, a couple of podcast episodes where we kind of take teamed those. And he brought this up. He said, the best thing Amanda ever did for, for me in regards to our kids is she left for a week. I had a, with my job, I had training down in California. And I had to go. And um, I'll never forget when I came back, his face was just like, Oh, whoa, like whoa, I I had no idea. Like he and he's just like and he shares this that that time for him as a dad was so beneficial to see what it's actually like and he had to figure it out. And I'm not saying, you know, whatever. I'm not saying do this so that, but it's just healthy um because again, naturally like Victoria says naturally, you know, our culture, there's so much on the moms, we naturally tend to then own things. And if we don't actually step back intentionally, it might just not ever happen. So right. just challenging you with that because it's, it can be and, really beautiful.
0: And sometimes it's easier to do with a friend or with a reward. Like I am going to grocery shop by myself, which if you have littles, it changes the dynamic when you're there by yourself, right? Like a and you can go to the fancy store, get you some samples, right? Okay. Have dinner, have dinner. and um <laughs> oh. yeah. I also have set up times where I've gone out for coffee with a friend that and I've said, Okay, I need to be gone an hour. Like, I will not shut up if I'm at home, or he will come and ask me because we're partners. I need to just physically leave so the guy can like have some space. And that friend will pick me up and kind of hold me accountable and then drop me off for an hour. So sometimes you have to start with an hour. I'm not sure I could do, you know, a week right away. Right. It's like it. kind of starting, but like do an hour, you know, do an afternoon. And it also just changes who you are as a mom, just to give you a little bit of space to then come back and see things differently. So I find that I'm a better parent when I return. He's a more confident parent when I return or so mm-hmm. I think it's, it's just so important to do.
1: Yeah. Strong statement. We actually had a coaching session with Heather Sigwin in a, in the wife like me collective two nights, oh, yeah. maybe two. Yeah. Monday night, or I don't know how many, whatever recently. And she was talking about control and she's a licensed marriage and family therapist and a licensed sex addiction therapist. So she is with couples all the day long. and we were talking about control and she said that control and manipulation is actually witchcraft. She says, we don't like to use that word in, in Christian, in our Christian culture, but it is, she said, exerting your will on someone else is witchcraft. And she said, we do need to call this out because I think at the, at the core of us taking any step back, the fear that it's rooted in a fear of like not having control. And mm. so I think it's just important that we say that too. And when, because I think a lot of this, some of us might not have a hard time with that. Like I do in some ways and I don't in a lot of ways, but like the house cleanliness and stuff like that, I'm like, go for it, do whatever you want. Anything is better than what I can do. But not many people are like that. You know, I think that's rare, but so it's yeah. very scary though. In, in other ways, um, so I think we just need to call that out and say like, yeah, I'm afraid that I'll lose control if, if I step back in any way, or if I le- release control or let that go, if I don't have a tight rein on whatever that is, I'm afraid that I'll lose control. And so just want to like call that out that that's an okay thing to recognize. And then really like, we want to just like not have that a part of us. Like we want to say like, Lord, I can trust you with all of this. And actually the beauty that's going to come from it, I can trust that you're going to create that as well as I step back and surrender it all to you. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good point to remember. Yeah. One of her first tips she shares is talk about issues together before making a final decision. And there's wisdom in that to even just, pause. I think I looked at love and logic type of parenting at one point, and it did always say that you don't need to make a decision right there in the moment. Even if your child is something that you consider catastrophic in the moment, you don't have to have the consequence right then. You could say, we'll get back to that and I'm going to talk to you about that so that you can kind of fan back and make it from a rational point of view, make the consequence. You know, something rational or talk to your spouse about it and say, does this seem reasonable? Um, Ends up being a better consequence rooted in wisdom because you're pulling somebody else in on that.
1: Yeah. And I love, I think, at least for myself, our kids are a little older and I, not a little older, they're like preteen, whatever. But I struggle being the one making all the decisions. Like when it comes to Mm -hmm. whatever it is, like a friend dispute at school or, can I have a friend over after the basketball game or whatever, you name it, they come to mama for that. Right. And it can be overwhelming for my brain to be like, I don't know. There's so much like, ah, like there's so many things to figure out in my brain. I can't do it. And so I find myself, like you said, I love going back to that love. It's love and logic. You said, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love how they say like, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Like that's an answer. I don't really know. I'm not sure yet. you know, right. and, like, huh, I don't know. I'm not ready to quite give mental energy to that quite yet. Or, I don't know, why don't you go ask your dad? And whatever he says sounds good. Like, just go ask your dad about that, whatever he wants to figure out on that. you know, like yeah, it's, it's that recognizing, oh, I don't have to be the one. We can do this together, or I can just defer to him too and all together if it's right, if it's not like a big deal. He can, he can do it, What he can make that decision on that and sounds good, you know? Um, I think the beauty in that is the release of like the pressure that it's all right. on up. And that's really beautiful. Right. Yeah.
0: To figure out some things that you're comfortable with, maybe giving up or asking for help with. Briefly, a past podcast with Sheila Gregoire here on A Wife Like Me, she does talk about emotional load and what that looks like. And even she said kind of an example, like if a child has soccer, it's not just get him to the game on time, but it's find the shin guards, find the jersey, make sure that's clean, um, get the snacks and return so-and-so shoes that we borrowed last week. Like you own all of that.
1: Yes. You know, that's
0: what getting the kid to soccer looks like or whatever that is in your marriage. You know, if that's we're going to host life group, then who's kind of the driver on that. Okay, so yeah. you're in charge of food, you're in charge of making sure the house is clean, what have you, or you kind of work out who can do what yes. with that particular obligation, responsibility. So it's not totally on one person.
1: Yeah, such a great, great episode to listen to on that mental and emotional yeah. labor because they're two different things too. And yeah, we're going to talk about that. So, so good. We'll link to that as well.
0: Great. It's one I listened to. um, I've listened to two, three times. So it's one I just have to keep going back to. So number two, she said, take turn leading devotionals. Victoria, thank you. I think that's so important too, that all the weight is not necessarily on him. And it's not necessarily on you, but that it is that sharing. So what's that look like for you?
1: You know, it's beautiful because we both... I'd say it's probably pretty equal in the different things we do. And it's not necessarily even devotions, but like reading scripture, reading, I'm just praying over the kiddos with them, over their requests, like different things. It looks different things, but in spiritual ways, well, again, half the year, I'm leading in all of that because my husband is physically gone, obviously. So there's that, right? Um, But then when he's home, it, it looks like both of us pitching in and even if I'm exhausted and I need my husband to like speak over me or whatever. I'm like, babe, I just, can you, you know, or vice versa. He's like, can, can you, my head is so like, whatever. And just I need kind of like, I need you to, um, align me, help me here today. Like you're not only for the kids, it's for all of us, right. We're all growing. Um, so it just looks like different things. So, but I love that she's saying, let, you know, let your kids see both mom and dad leading. Because regardless of what your kids end up doing someday, they're going to be leading themselves. We all have influence, so we're all leaders. So to help them see, mom reading scripture out loud or doing that devotion or whatever, um, I just I love that too. How about you guys? Does it look like
0: Um, we tend to take turns at the morning? We have a devotional that my husband reads, and so breakfast time is is mostly him kind of Bibles and breakfast and sometimes bacon if we're throwing in all the bees and we, uh, so he, he reads that and we have our kids actually thumb through and find the verse in their own Bibles as a way to kind of use that skill. So they don't feel so put on the spot, maybe if they're at church or in a youth group in the future, um, but they've had a lot of practice with that. I think there are times when you're saying that your husband's gone and and I remember that we've talked through even some of those times. I wonder if he has like a devotional book or an author that has a kid's devotional that he could kind of endorse. Mm-hmm. So that even during that time, you could say, well, we're going to read from this book that daddy left for us,
1: you know, mm-hmm. as a way to fold
0: him in. I really we read like the Bob Goff book for kids, the devotional years ago. And that was wonderful. Um, it was really written at their reading level for young elementary age, and that was really meaningful that they could go in and read that. And it was about two and a half pages, so it was enough, and it had a nugget in there of God's truth and always a verse at the end, and we really appreciated it. He wrote it with his, um, his daughter, who's a first grade teacher.
1: That's awesome. We'll link to that book as yep. well. And I
0: sometimes, I I purchased a little um, dotted cursive font and I will sometimes go into my computer and write out several scriptures and print them out so the kids can do it. And then that kind of becomes our time after school. Sometimes when we're trying to just bring it down a notch or they do at the table while I'm finishing up dinner. So they practice that cursive, but then they practice reading it aloud. So Mm -hmm. it's just another way to fold it in, you know?
1: Yeah, Yeah. I love that. The third thing she says is to encourage your children to seek their father for advice and wisdom. And we've, we've chatted about that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, But she says children tend to run to their mom for most things. Although there's comfort in their safe space, we should seek opportunities
0: to direct them to
1: their husbands.
0: Yep. Yeah. And I try to fold in extra things like... You know, go ask your dad. He has wise advice.
1: Mm-hmm. He has
0: a great experience. Mm-hmm. Ask him and to continue to try to build him up not only for them but for him to hear as well that that's how I feel about him. Yeah. Um, Mark's really sweet that he will leave notes in my car sometimes, or even if he knows I'm at lunch with a friend and he's nearby or something, he'll leave a note in the car for me that says something about my character. And so that's a way that I try to love him back. You know, today I was just cleaning some stuff out of his car from a quick trip he took recently. And there was, you know, just like a sandwich wrapper in that. And so I got that out and I noticed that there was a note that I wrote for him months ago. It was Mm -hmm. tucked right there um, where he could see it when he was driving. So Mm -hmm. try to do that to encourage him so that he feels equipped and ready when they come to him and confident to um, pour into their life.
1: That's so good. And that's another takeaway from this too, is, you know, remembering we can speak over our husbands. If we don't see this in them yet, or see even the desire for them to step up like this We can speak into them, you know, over them, even before they're being that we can speak into that. And um, remember this, I think I've mentioned it before, but a documentary on this, these tennis players and this tennis coach Kind of explaining how he coaches these like world leading tennis players and right right. Says whenever I see them doing something wrong, I don't tell them. He actually flips the script and he speaks over them, tells them how amazing they are at that. Hmm. And wouldn't you know, they step they step into that. They 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 do it more. They without him negatively critiquing it, how they can get better. He's telling them how amazing they are, even though they're not doing it yet. Yeah. And then they grow into it. And I mean, our words have like the power of life and death. What is the scripture? Kelly, you might know it. You might have to look at it. But um, that's
0: the beauty. Yeah, of that's, that's the meat of it. Yeah. Yeah. That our words do have the power of life and death. And so our words mean quite a lot. I think as as mothers and sometimes in order to ask her husband to step up, We have to step out because if we're filling that place for our kids, we have to step out of the way a little bit. Sometimes that means at night, I kind of say, Hey, I'm going to go in my room and read, ask your dad now. And I shut the door and that's kind of a sign for the kids. Like the mom department is closed. Go ask your dad, like fully capable, right? You're going to learn more from him than you would from me. Go, go ask him. Right. Love. Yeah, absolutely. So in the end, she says she challenges us in our wife's step. Um, which of the three uh tips that she enumerated will you try to bring more harmony into your parenting? So which will you try to apply to bring more harmony in your parenting? Is it talk about issues before making a final decision? Take turns leading devotionals, um, encourage kids to seek your husband for advice and wisdom. Mm.
1: And that verse we were referencing is Proverbs eighteen twenty one. the tongue has the power of life and death. Um, yeah, and I love to one point, she says at that very last challenge, she says harmony, which of these yes. three will you try to bring more harmony into your parenting, not perfectly balanced, but more harmony. I love right. that.
0: I think for me, it's going to be that third one and even applying that with our kids and speaking into some of the spots that I know are a challenge for them, but instead speaking life into that and encouraging them through that. So. You'll have to check back next week, see how we did. Drop drop your responses in the comments or in the podcast. Let us know. Jump on A Wife Like Me on Facebook or on Instagram. I know a lot of you hang out on Facebook, but I'm over on Instagram. And jump on there, jump in the comment and let us know which one you are focusing on this week and how we can link arms with you.
1: And let us know if you have other ways that you do this or that would help other, you know, marriages. If you think of any two to bring more harmony into parenting and influence our kids together. So thank you for that. Yay. And um, every week we have some fun and something different. I never know what Kelly's going to say, ask, throw in here, but um, it's always fun. So um, what do you have for us today, Kelly?
0: So I'm just wondering books. Like I'm reading, um, praying the scriptures for your children. And this is one that's by Jody Burnt B R N D T, and discover how to pray God's purpose for their lives. She has this for adult children. She has this for marriages, I think you said. So it's wonderful to teach that skill to pray scripture. But Amanda, I have to ask, when a book comes to you, do you like to listen to it? Are you an audio girl or are you a paper girl? Or one, I'm sorry, we should add Kindle in there too. So which of the three?
1: I'm um, 100% paper. I don't listen to any books on audio, audible, whatever. I don't. Um, I have to, I'm very a visual person. I have to write, see underline right in the margin. I have, I have to see it
0: on paper all the way. What about you? Okay. I do prefer paper. Um, but sometimes I will listen to an audio um, or I'll listen to a podcast from the author talking about their book so that maybe I can read the book in my head in their voice,
1: you know? Mm. Oh, cool. I like that.
0: That's cool. Yeah. So let us know. We both happen to be paper people, but let us know in the comments which one you are and what we're missing. I mean, are we missing something is like Kindle, just the way to go. So.
1: Yeah, I like that. Also, I thought you were going to ask me, what book are you reading? And I was gonna give you like 5,000 different book titles because that's how my brain works. I'm reading like so many different books. So that's for a different one. But um, I'm like, where do I start? There's so many books I'm reading right now. It's like a mess in my head, but that's just how I operate. So anyway, um, hey, thank you for joining us, everyone. We love you. And hey, if this was helpful, please send it to a friend. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And we're always doing fun things, giving things away. We actually have a few giveaways coming up. So stay tuned for that. But we love you. And we're so grateful for you um, to invest in not only your own faith walk and growth, but in your marriage as well. Um, So thanks for spending time with us today. And we will be back next week for an all new episode. Bye, everyone.
0: Thank you.